Once Upon a Time, the Monday Morning Memo for February 11th, 2008. I was freshly married to Penny and barely old enough to see over the dash of a car, but I wanted to show her the magical places of my childhood. So we saved up enough money for three tanks of gas and made the 200-mile drive from Broken Arrow to Ardmore, Oklahoma. I never knew my father's father. A couple of photographs and a pocket watch are all that remain of the original Roy H. Williams. But my mother's dad I knew. Roy Pylant was the Iceman in Ardmore for over half a century. My career as an Iceman began one afternoon when I was five. A restaurant called for 100 pounds of crushed ice, and I went with Daddy Pie to deliver it. I watched him dump the ice into the restaurant's ice maker, then I carried the empty canvas bag back to the truck. I wasn't big enough to do much else. As I walked away, I heard, Looks like you got your new helper. That's my grandson, little Roy. He saves me a lot of steps. Daddy Pie couldn't say grandson without putting a T in it. Daddy Pie's house had chickens and a little stone wash house and a garage from which you could see the edge of the world if you climbed up onto its flat tar roof. Once, when I was nine, Daddy Pie and I took a break from crushing ice to go with Larkin from Larkin's Bait Shop. He needed to check his trot lines and ask if we wanted to go along. Trot lines were illegal, of course, but Larkin knew how to hide them so he never got caught. He got a big catfish that day, and I got my first ride in a motorboat. I also saw Tucker Tower. It was even cooler than the garage at Daddy Pie's house. Summer after summer, Daddy Pie and I would roll out of bed early, drive to the ice plant, and roll 300-pound blocks of ice onto his 65 Chevy Long Narrow pickup. Roll the tarp over the ice, drive to Lake Murray, crush and bag the ice, toss it quick onto the truck, cover it again with the tarp, and deliver it to the convenience stores. I was good at it. As a child, it never occurred to me that my family spent summer vacations at Daddy Pie's because we didn't have the money to go anywhere else. I figured we went there because it was the grandest place on earth, and Mama Pie took care of us all. Back then, they didn't let you become a grandmother unless you could cook, and Mama Pie was a grandmother of five. Her food glowed like the sword Excalibur. Dopers would give up drugs for it. Ministers praised it from the pulpit. Shakespeare wrote sonnets about it. Mama Pie had a vegetable garden. Bright rays of color would shine from her kitchen windows as she prepared tomatoes, okra, and corn on the cob with bowls of beans and fried potatoes. Her kitchen table glimmered like a leprechaun's pot of gold. Then Daddy Pie would arrive with a tinfoil bundle and two mysterious jars of liquid. The quart Pepsi bottle with the screw-on cap contained a thin gray-brown au jus, redolent with coarse black pepper. The baby food jar contained an equally thin red liquid that sparkled with what appeared to be cayenne. The tin foil contained sliced brisket. Airplanes buzzed the house to get a sniff of it. This was Lieutenant McCurson's barbecue. We delivered ice to him every morning. The sidewalk in front of McCurson's was broken. The building had no air conditioner. A tightly sprung screen door traded magical aromas for outside air. There was a hole worn in the linoleum in front of the serving counter, its edges smooth, tapering down to a mirror of gray cement, the silent work of a million shoes standing 
twisting, turning to leave with their tinfoil treasures and sparkling jars. I looked into that mirror and saw the soul of America, and it was beautiful. Rich men had tried for decades to get McCurson's recipe by offering to franchise his little place, but McCurson had no interest. He cooked for the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Each morning, I'd hold open the screen door, and Daddy Pie would plunge into the mist with a twelve-and-a-half-pound block of ice. I never saw McCurson's face. These early morning hours had him boiling Pepsi bottles and baby food jars in a twenty-five-gallon aluminum pot. I saw only the white apron strings tied behind his neck and back. He didn't turn to see who we were. Our delivery of the ice was a morning ritual worn as smooth as the hole in the linoleum. We were gone in less than ten seconds. Ice is an impatient master. One day, as we drove away, I asked, What branch of the service was Lieutenant McCurson in? He was never in the military. His mama just liked the name. A decade later, I sat with Penny, my young wife, across the street from Lieutenant McCurson's in Ardmore. Daddy Pie and Mama Pie were dead. I told Penny about the Pepsi bottles, the baby food jars, and the soul of America. We were gazing in silence at the tired little building when an ancient man emerged in a glowing white apron. He hung an open sign on a hook outside. We watched as he went back in. I sat and thought. Then I drove away unwilling to taint the taste of the memory. Roy H. Williams. <laughs>